Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Gigabit Nation Broadband Talker Radio. I'm your host, Craig Settles, and I want to thank you for taking time for this day, uh, from this day, to help us prepare and provide um, useful information and insights to help public, private, and nonprofit organizations get more, better broadband wherever it needs to be. Um, when I talk to communities, I often tell them that um, using broadband as a way to improve um, government operations is very wise for a number of reasons. Um, first, <clears throat> there can be um, a number of ways uh, existing uh, voice and data communication services can be replaced using broadband that is um, more cost-effective and performs much, much better. Second, uh, how and what the um, various um, staff does once you have uh, a couple of hundred megs or a gigabit of speed, all of a sudden their productivity starts to shore. Um, third, their ability to work with uh, the public improves significantly thanks to broadband. And fourth, um, the, the, the area that, that is now becoming more and more important uh, in the realm of government uh, uh, communications is, is what we're calling the Internet of Things, the ability of um, using centers and other uh, Internet-connected devices to, um, to track and control uh, physical objects. So today, I want to um, introduce uh, Gary Cavan, who is the CIO of Columbus, Ohio. Gary, how are you doing today? Doing great, Craig. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. You know, just trying, just trying along here. Um, so, so let me let me just say real quickly. You know, one of the things that uh, we've been very uh, how should I say it. Um, Proactive about uh, almost uh, kind of uh, crazy about is that you know when people think of Cleveland they don't say Ohio and when they think of Cincinnati they don't say Ohio so we want people out there listening when they think of Columbus they know it's Columbus Ohio so they don't have to say Columbus Ohio. <laughs> All right, we can do that. We can do that. We'll just talk about. Columbus, and they'll be good. They'll be good. Yeah, I hope we're there. I know we we are not, Greg, but that's our goal to get there. (laughs) No worries, and I'm I'm sure the stuff that's going on in the Broadwell, uh, Broadwell, nah, the the broadband world will help this a lot, actually. Um, So it's it's good to have you back on the show. We actually talked uh, the first time, I think it was about uh, two years ago, and you had been uh, preparing for uh, this this uh, an awards competition that was looking at you know to find the uh, intelligent community uh, of the year, and uh, you didn't work didn't do uh, get that award the first time or the second time, but on the mm-hmm. third time now you are it. You guys are the intelligent community. Uh, of the year, and so congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate that. And and how does it feel to be uh, to be designated the intelligent community, you know, in the world? Because actually, this was a, a review of uh, some three or four hundred uh, cities worldwide, and so you guys have come, you know, in essence, become king of the world there on this thing. Yes. So you're correct. So the uh, the process, it, first of all, it feels great, uh, you know. And I I would be uh, I would not be doing my job if I didn't say we didn't deserve it. But I'm sure the other two would say that as well. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah. we uh, you know the process you described very well. Initially, you're looking at um, 400 or so cities that apply for the award each year. This is uh, I think this is this year was their 20th anniversary of this uh, particular award. Hmm. And uh, so uh, 400 cities apply. It's paired down to the top 21 and then down to the top seven. Then those top seven 
go to uh, in the past have been in New York for the award ceremony. This year was in Toronto. It was new. It was they took it out of New York and had it in the city that had won the previous year, which was Toronto. And then from there, they named the winner. And you're right. I mean, we've uh, been in the top 21, top seven, three years in a row. This was our third year, and uh, we felt like this would be our year. I think we've kind of satisfied all of the uh, things that they said make an intelligent community an intelligent community. Um, the mayor uh, obviously is, uh, is very excited about it. As a matter of fact, he said that uh, this is one of the uh, most important successes of his 16 years as mayor. So that, that says a lot. So we're excited about uh, being honored that way. Uh, any of those other cities who were in the group could have won. You know, we had a few cities in Australia, uh, some in Canada. Uh, we had a couple of counties in the United States. So they were all worthy, uh, but uh, we're very excited that we won this year. Huh. Well, congratulations again. And now, you know, it's a, it's a fairly complex process in terms of how they 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 judge the the different cities but what are come some of the um not requirements but what are the, the metrics that are used to uh to, to determine who wins this award yeah so one of the underlying uh and they have like five indicators and in but one of the underlying indicators is broadband uh, mm-hmm. It starts there, but that's not the only thing. Then you have knowledge workforce, and you have culture, and you have, um, uh, you know, which really amounts to collaboration within your community. So there's several different factors that go into making that decision. Uh, you know, the, the whole premise was built on a broadband first, but then from there, uh, broadband really has become just part of the equation. Mm-hmm. So now, what are just I like? I'm curious. And when you talk about the the culture of the the community and so forth, is that because um, we usually will talk about broadband and obviously in innovation and so forth. But how does the the check the the culture play in this idea of you know being the forefront of innovation and technology? Mm-hmm. So really, culture amounts to a couple of things. So it, it's how diverse are you in terms of your population, right? And then how do you how do you uh, make sure that those less fortunate are not left behind in you know what's become this innovative innovation revolution? Uh, and then you know it's collaboration. I mean, any time that you win an award like we just won, uh, we're just a small part. We being a city, we have a tremendous partners such as Ohio State University and. We have one of the, which is on any given day, one of the largest universities in the United States. We have Children's Hospital, which is world-renowned Children's Hospital. We have Battelle, which is the largest not-for-profit research firm in the world. So we have a lot of entities in our city that, uh, and we all work together, that contributed toward uh, the winning of this award. Mm-hmm. Interesting, very much. And um, now has this, you know, like Chattanooga, obviously they leverage their, uh, award award winning network um, in every way to help promote the city. Does uh, Columbus get a certain amount of uh, uh, push push as a result of, uh, of of receiving this award? Yeah. So uh, I think we talked about this before. The uh, you know we go way back with our our uh, fiber initiative. Um, and I know you being uh, one of the gurus in this area, <laughs> you remember the days of uh, Earthlink and, uh, you know, when they had their model. So it, it, I remember going to Philadelphia. I know I told you a story before, so bear with me. But, you know, I uh, became CIO many years ago, and one of the first things that I did was take a trip to Philadelphia. And that's when Earthlink was just starting out and really starting to become pretty big in Philly, and they had done some things in Texas. And I, I and I listened to this presentation. I thought, you know, this is this is it. I mean, this is the next utility. You know, we have the others, and you know, you have to have a super highway in your city if you're going to be successful. And the way to do that is to either have someone build a network for you, or you do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And we had actually gone down the road of uh, having a discussion with uh, Earthlink, and during those discussions, when they uh, had some financial issues and. Uh, yeah, and so, uh, that, uh, yeah, and that ended up never happening. So, 
I was able to convince the mayor that it would be in our best interest for us to uh, kind of purchase our own network and begin to build it ourselves. And so uh, we began to do that uh, several years ago, 2007. We actually kind of uh, memorialized it with a plan uh, that we had. Uh, we had uh, not-for-profits involved. We had higher education. We had businesses. We had other government entities. We had safety. We had neighborhoods. We had all the players involved to kind of walk us through and guide us through on what that should look like. And so, mm-hmm. as a result, we came out with a plan that has like four principles, uh, public safety being number one, economic development being number two. Number three was to uh, uh, enhance our mobile workforce, and last but not least, and it's not any order of importance, but to uh, address the issue of digital uh, divide, digital inclusion. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, since then, we have... Uh, Built or purchased, uh, we ex- and the end result is that we own uh, up to 600 miles of fiber uh, in the city of Columbus, and uh, and so we've done some creative things recently in terms of marketing the fiber that I can talk about now or later, but <laughs> you know that's where we are now, and so we uh, we feel like we're in a pretty good position um, for uh, you know the things coming in the future, small sales. So, you know, citywide Wi-Fi and, uh, you know, those issues that are important to neighborhoods and, and cities. Mm-hmm. Well, let's um, well let's talk about um, – oh, and by the way, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, that you have uh, 600 miles of fiber, um, but now you've also linked your fiber into a regional effort. Is, it not, is that what Dublin, Dublin is? Yeah, well, well, Dublink actually is it's a uh, good friend of mine, Dana McDaniel. We call him the Godfather of fiber in this area. Uh, he's okay. the one that, uh, yeah, he he's the leader. He he uh, he showed me the, the how to get this done. Okay. And uh, he's city manager, yeah, of Dublin, Ohio. And so we have uh, we have discussed. We haven't actually gotten to uh, a deal, but we have certainly discussed how we as a region can. Uh, work together to make our region better. You know, unfortunately, um, sometimes when you're looking at um, collaboration, um, you know, every city has a uh, has an obligation to their residents to provide certain services, and those services are usually come as a result of job creation. So um, sometimes, uh, you know, those issues are uh, uh, a little more sticky to work through, although mm-hmm. they, they are work through, then, uh, you know, just saying, like, he and I would say, hey, let's just do this and get it over with. So, uh, but he's been very instrumental in, in what I've done in Columbus. He's been very instrumental in us winning the award. We actually um, uh, consulted him, and he's been a great partner, and uh, I know that in the future we are uh, discussing some things on how we can work together. Mm-hmm. But uh, no. his, his, his network okay. doubling is really, his doubling is a really good network. That's what his network his name is really mm-hmm. really good. But now in Ohio, and you're part of Ohio, um, there are it seems several regional efforts going on. Uh, I think one mm-hmm. community is is doing some stuff. You guys yes. are doing some stuff. Uh, there, there's yes. Dublin and so forth. I mean, it, yes. what's what's the lay of the land in 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 um, uh, in 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 um, Ohio these days. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, there are uh, several uh, very strong, well recognized um, efforts that are underway and have been for some time. You you mentioned one in terms of uh, been one Cleveland, now one community has been, um, and so they've done things. You have doubling that does things. You have other smaller communities in our area, Gahanna being one, and some others who also have fiber. Uh, state of Ohio as a, a super fiber network, right? As a you know, a hundred gigabits. So um, you know, we all have been working toward um, making this a statewide effort. As a matter of fact, that's the conversation Dana and I had so probably about three or four months ago. It was like, okay, look, we have all these efforts underway. Uh, we all want to get to certain places where we are now. Um, 
the carriers uh, are limited in terms of what they can do, so how can we as a state work together, better together? So those discussions are underway. Good, good. That that's um that's a big plus. Now, one of the things uh, I was reading through your uh application for uh this this award and it talked about a number of of uh projects. Basically, you're saying, you know, what are the things that you guys have on the way that qualifies you as intelligent uh community uh, of the 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 year and um Ohio State University um, is doing a project uh, that was funded by the National Science Foundation. Um, was that project uh, the result of you having that uh, fiber in place? Uh, that that project does not run on our fiber. That project uh, um, has this... Um network that we all use. It's called Ornet. It's a state-run fiber network. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was the first 100 gigabit fiber network. It's not the first in the top five. And uh, they did. They had a, a project that they worked with. I um, forget the other name of the university. Saves me. But they want to do a research project, uh, understanding working over this private network of 100 gigabit, you know, the impact that would have on uh, expediting research and, uh, you know, those sort of things. And so, that was one of the things that we used in our uh, our application. So over the years, you know, we've had to do this three times now. And every year, Ohio State is part of that uh, application. Um, and every year, we use Oregon as an example because uh, they are around the you know nation now in terms of their uh, prowess and their fiber network. But this year, we also use them as you know they're one of the first universities to. Uh, you know, test autonomous vehicles, not just mm-hmm. on the ground, but flying vehicles. Uh, you know, you can imagine a university that size. I mean, it, it, the sky's the limit in terms of, uh, you know, the research that uh, they're able to do and the things they're able to do as a result of that research. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. Um, now, are you part of the gig.u program around the, around the U.S., or are you just, uh, you know... You're it's separate in respect. Yeah, well, we're uh, we're members of uh, uh, what is it called? <laughs> a national. Um, oh my gosh, I can see this. NCC. Mm-hmm. Next no, century. Mm-hmm. We're, we're oh, remember yeah. that. Wow, that's depths. Uh, yeah, remember luck. that. Yeah, they've been very helpful. Um, and so. Um, other than that, though, we we um, we have not really joined any other organization. I think our our uh, hesitancy is only that we wanted to make sure that we have our ducks in a row. Right. Um, and while we have been work, working very hard to get to this point, uh, we're we, we're we have products on the table, but we haven't been consummated yet. So we wanted to make sure that we had some things that we could show for all of our hard work. Okay. Well, no, that's a fair. That's fair. I mean, in fact, it's actually wise to um, make sure that you have those ducks in a row because um, the worst thing that for a technology project is to get kind of halfway into it and realize that you didn't have all the necessary items in place, and then you've got to basically go from the you know back from to the beginning and start again, and you lose opportunity and, and a number of other things. And so uh, better better to be, you know, um, thorough than yes. to get too far ahead of the game. And I, yes. I applaud that very much so. Yeah, um, so one, one of the things I would just quickly I want to, re- when I say that, what I'm referring to is that, so we have this network, but so what does that mean? So we needed to find out where every strand was, where that strand went, so we went through an exhaustive GIS process of mapping it all out. Mm-hmm. We wanted to make sure that if there was, a, if we got to a situation where we needed to provide services outside of the city, because it, obviously we're going to city facilities, but outside of that, and if something happened to it, you know, who was going to, uh, what maintenance did we have in place? Uh, so we've been working very hard to get it what I would call commercial ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's you know, we've done that, and so we're there now. So, I mean, we literally are at the cusp of saying, okay, now we're ready to 
to a deal. Two deals. Okay. Now there, there are there are um I will start by saying a lot of communities that are thinking about broadband Mm-hmm. We'll say you know we're focusing on education. We're doing a lot to uh, improve the economic uh, area, the economic development area. Um, mm-hmm. There's you know a push to to uh, facilitate uh, telemedicine and healthcare delivery and so forth. Yeah. But um, who thinks about the the government? I mean, outside of the government organization, you know, staff itself. Do people understand that you know, as a as a business person or as a uh, uh, resident or whatever, that the use of the technology by their local government has a lot of benefits to it? Yeah, we've uh, we have. Uh, you're you're right. I mean, that's something that um, is um, hard to convey. Um, to your residents, but I, I think as we have um, tried to over the past few years through, again, uh, Intelligent Community Award, and, uh, you know, we have a mobile app that's been award-winning, um, and so we, we've tried to work diligently in terms of, um, you know, we have cameras all over all of our city, not unlike any other city. I mean, most cities have cameras. We have a few parts with our partners that have free Wi-Fi like other cities. So we've been trying to uh, get the word out. We've had articles uh, in our local newspaper and news stories that have talked about uh, what we've done here at the city, and I think that's helped a lot as well. Uh, In addition to that, one of the things that we have done recently is that we thought it would be more prudent and make more sense for us as a city and uh, I think would probably um, be less red tape uh, in terms of trying to get things done as it relates to our fiber, we went out for an RFP for what we would consider a marketing arm of our fiber, uh, a private sector partner. And uh, we were able to get that partner, and they're a really good partner. The the guys who uh, we brought in were uh, formerly Connected Nation people, uh, and they created another arm of Connected Nation, which is called Connected Exchange. Um, And as a result of that, we become a lot more agile in terms of um, you know working with deals, and they have a national presence not only with in D.C. and FCC, but you know, all around the country. I think they also were involved in Chattanooga in some way. So we've um, worked very hard to you know help people understand that uh, sometimes uh, you know like roads were built. You know, to me, this is the same kind of example. Uh, you know that we as a government have responsibility as well. Now, you know, we don't want to outright compete with the private sector, um, you know, but they have a model. Uh, they have a revenue model. They have a business model. And that's, you know, we, we, our model is different, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, while we, we cover our costs, uh, it's not profit-driven. It's driven by making our city great. So, um, you know, I, we've been working very hard with our private sector community and uh, they're coming around to understand that, you know, we have just one goal, and that's just to make city the best place in the world. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what we're all working towards. Mm-hmm. Now, how does that work with this, this arm? When you say, you know, because the, the private sector companies have a different model than the, the uh, public sector, and uh-huh. there's a lot of, you know, a lot of ink being spent uh, uh, used to talk about public-private partnerships and so forth. How does the uh, the group recon- uh, reconcile, you know, the public sector uh, uh, goals versus the private sector goals? Mm-hmm. So, um, again, going back to the four. Principles are our first is uh, public safety, and then you have economic development, and so we we kind of you know look out for ourselves in terms of public safety and uh, those issues that relate to public safety, which is mainly cameras and some some other things. And then um, you know we talk about economic development, we're talking about trying to attract businesses to our community, and as you know, uh, big data is the buzzword, and it's it's true. I mean, you know, most businesses. Uh, have a lot of data they have to push across the, uh, the line, and they want to make sure that it's gone done 
securely and expeditiously. Uh, and so, uh, and then you have the, you know, other things such as digital inclusion. So, you know, everybody, as you know, private sector cannot um, and will not invest all their money in infrastructure, right? And mm-hmm. at some point, and I think this is what makes other cities like ours attractive, at some point, you know, and it's really not, this is the problem we, we run into with not being their model, is that you will hear most of them say, you know, we're not going to write anyone else's fiber. And, and I understand reliability purposes and some other things. And that's why we wanted to get our fiber commercial grade ready. So that argument was taken away. So uh, at the end of the day, I think if you, if you can help them get to where they want to get to in terms of not just location but in terms of revenue, <laughs> uh, and you can prove that, you know, you're reliable, I, I think that like any other business model, they're going to take advantage of it because, it's uh, it's good for them and it's good for their stockholders. Mm-hmm. Now I had this conversation uh, last week, and I've had it a number of times over the last couple of years, and um, which is if you were to step back from the picture of broadband and say to the world, you know, if the um, public sector, which has the ability to uh, often get money for uh, you know more ch- cheaply, um, when they're able to uh, and more you know to to um, expend the time uh, that it can be paid back to twenty years or you know twenty five years of back, then why doesn't it make sense that the um, the infrastructure part would be addressed? By the public sector, and then mm-hmm. the private sector entities um, can then focus on service and services. Mm-hmm. You know, meaning like mm-hmm. the you know the customer service part of many right. of these big companies is just taking a lot of beating. And so yeah. between that and then the services that you can potentially uh, build and market and so forth, it's like that would be a way to get away from this contentiousness that goes on when communities say we want to build the the infrastructure. So now, are, is what you so are what you and the folks there and Columbus are saying that you know what we're going to push that model where we're doing the infrastructure because we can do that well and mm-hmm. and and spread it out over you know a number of years. And let then the private sector do those service and services approach. Yes, that's correct. We we do not want to, and I've I've made it clear to them that we don't want to, you know, unless we truly have to. We don't want to be the ones running to the home and saying, "Pay us." You know, we don't. That's not what we do. Right, you know, right, that's, right. That's what private sector does, and that we want the private sector to continue to do that. But we also know that in some instances where, uh, and in our community particularly. Uh, it's not that this may not be there, but the cost may be prohibitive. And, you know, people say, well, it's only $20. Well, $20 a month for some people is too much, right? I, you know, that's just the way it is in our world. And so we can have an impact on that by saying, okay, if you, if you ride our fiber, then let's take the price down so everybody can take part in this, you know, revolution or revolution, however you want to describe it, then we see it as our role. Uh, you know, the the last thing we want to do um, unless we absolutely have to, is be the one that says, okay, send us a check, send the city a check. That's just not our business model. Right. So it's taken us a time, a while to get to this point. And, uh, and again, I think part of it is that it's just not the model of the private sector. I mean, they, they just want, you know, from A to Z, they, and they've not, uh, I guess maybe they just don't in the past have not had uh, what they would consider great experiences with government uh, and this is a uh, you know for this this is their business model and so uh, you know we're starting to have those conversations not starting we're starting to get to the point where those conversations are becoming less and less and that goes back to my earlier point of saying okay look we have done all the things that you would do you know we have before our window to get things up back up and running we know where every strand is and every strand goes you know we can pull it up on a map and take it to the thing so 
all the things that any private sector company would do in terms of management of that infrastructure we're trying to put in place. Mm-hmm. So now how does the – so in a practical world, um, when, when you have this in place and you're dealing with, say, um, uh, connected exchange, how does this impact the, the, the customer? Do I wake up and they say, well, you know what, I want to get a – um, a hundred meg connection for my home or my business or whatever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now, are they then going to exchange and say, you know, we know that the city has the infrastructure to deliver a hundred megs? Does mm-hmm. that person go to exchange and say, can you now deliver that which the city has enabled? Mm-hmm. So you know, one of the great things about our World or our United States is uh, competition, and uh, and when you have um, you know creative minds, and we have a house state here again, we have we have uh, um, Battelle, we have IBM. I think it's the only one in the world, if not one of two in the world, where they have their big data center here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, you're going to find innovation. So we have uh, several what I would consider homegrown private sector companies that provide broadband uh, outside of Time Warners and AT&T's. And, and so when you get in a situation and uh, if we know, we know that, and I don't want to manipulate the market, but I do know this, that some of the speeds that are being offered for some of the prices are just, uh, um, we could do better. Let me say it that way. And so when, uh, one of the things that we've done, we've, we've brought on some of our smaller entities who have the capability of going into an apartment complex or going into a housing complex and, you know, not anything on a massive level, but, you know, with our assistance and going there and offer those speeds of, you know, 100 plus and, you know, $30, $40, and, you know, uh, which is uh, fair. I mean, throwing numbers out there. And so uh, that has you know, obviously, uh, you know, cause the other entities in our city, the big ones, to take notice and say, hey, you know, um, you know maybe this is something we should be looking at as well. So that's kind of how this is, uh, has begun to take shape. It, you know, it wasn't planned, but, it, you know, it's just uh, the society we live in when you have competition, you have resources, and, you know, those those uh, kinds of things begin to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm a big fan. I mean, I I think that you know where you guys are is what I've been preaching since probably oh you know 2005. And yes, you I, have. And I I just want to know I appreciate you because you uh, <laughs> you inspired me too. You have, yeah. So I just want you to know that I, I'm glad that I had had made a difference because you know sometimes you get out here and you, you you're preaching the gospel and you wonder are there any disciples in here. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, you have one here at Columbus. Well, there we go. There we go. That sounds good. Now, there's one thing I want to go through that before I run out of time, which is I I'm writing this book, uh, or I'm in, uh, updating my book, uh, Building the Gigabit City, and in there, in this revision, I explain that uh, like the CIO or the IT director or the, the city manager or someone needs to go door to door to all of the different departments and mm-hmm. determine how those departments would take advantage of a, uh, a gigabit uh, uh, network. And so what mm-hmm. I'd like to do is go through like how you went to different departments in the city mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. you got them to inter- interested in broadband and how mm-hmm. the by departmental level, you know, how did they, how well did they meet the goals that they perceived if they had, in essence, all the bandwidth in the world to work with? Mm-hmm. You forget the to start with, but just you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, part of my uh, role as CIO is, you know, we have a, you know, mayor's been here quite some time, and. Um, when we did the original broadband plan, we made sure we invited every department. It was a day and a half retreat we had, uh, so they oh, could kind of okay. understand. They could begin to understand what maybe not today, but what really could happen. 
and uh-huh. why it could happen. Again, comparing it to some of the things you said in terms of, you know, when, you know, highways sprung up, cities sprung up around them, but no one knew that was going to be the case when, you know, railroads were built, cities, grew, you know, grew up around them. But, you know, that was that was the byproduct. And so we believe the same thing as it relates to fiber. So uh, I remember they used to call me the fiber guy in, the, <laughs> in our in our academy, Craig, because I, every time it would come up, I'd say, well, did you, you know, you just tore up the road or you just built a new road. Did you put conduit in the ground? I mean, did you do this, did you do that. And and so it just became a way of life. And, you know, in the beginning they used to ridicule and kind of tease me, you know, not maliciously, but, you know, they did. No, I totally <laughs> uh, but as, yeah, as time went on, you know, they began to appreciate uh, what it was always trying to do. And so uh, during that process, uh, our traffic, uh, our uh, public service, received a federal grant from, uh, obviously, the United States. And they, they, uh, the grant was to upgrade our traffic and signaling system. And uh, at that time, we had a, a, a meeting once a month to talk about and talk with each department in the city, several from our cabinet meetings, each department in the city on fiber needs they may have as it relates to cameras, as it may relate to, relate to mobility in the field, as it relates to stronger bandwidth for, you know, video and all these other things. And through those discussions, we, we found out about this grant, piggybacked on the grant, and uh, I think we ended up paying maybe $750,000 is our portion. But as a result of that, we have fiber going, we as a technology department, have fiber going to every traffic and signaling system in the city of Columbus that we manage. And so, uh, you know, those are the kinds of things that, uh, and, it, and it, you know, it wasn't overnight, but, you know, I would just say to anybody that you have to really don't don't be discouraged. Uh, you know, you got to believe in what you're saying because it is, it is something that uh, needs to be done. You know, however it gets done, it gets done in different cities, different ways, but it needs to be done. And, you know, the relationship building, I mean, that's that's what we all do anyway. And so uh, through those things, uh, we were able to convince others. And now they call me like, hey, can we get fiber over here? And can you move it over here? We need it for this new police precinct. And <laughs> this fire station needs this. And this rec center needs that. And so it's almost become a little overwhelming because it went from, you know, you're crazy to, hey, we need this over here. Get it over here now. That's an interesting uh, point, actually. In fact, uh, a number of cities, I think um, Oklahoma City is one, Chattanooga is another, um, and, a, and a couple of others that I've, that I've spoken to over the years will talk about how um, they walked in and said, okay, we are going to do, rather than try to, to bring broad, uh, fiber to every department, what they do is they get one and they create an application for that one particular um, uh, department or maybe get even a second one and then watch how the different apartment departments look at this and go, well, if he, you know, these folks did this, we could do something over on our side. And then mm-hmm. it's like mushrooms incredibly quickly <laughs> to where now you're not pushing anymore. You're like trying to say, hold on the horses yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we can't do it all right now. Yeah, and so, yeah slow down. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the, yeah. the approach then that, that communities could, when we're talking about, you know, using the government, uh, local government, um, you know, using broadband, you, you kind of maybe need to pick one or two and then promote the success of that and go from yep. there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's got to a point, Craig, where we uh, we have uh, are redeveloping an area of our city that used to be the original part of our city. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been in uh, disrepair for some years, and uh, the mayor's... Uh, it's always made a priority of rebuilding our neighborhoods. In this particular part of our neighbor, our, our city, we're trying to, uh, not trying to, it's turning into on its own sort of a technology district. And, uh, you know, we have uh, the largest makers mm-hmm. base right. in the world right here in Columbus, the Ideal Foundry. So 
Uh, and so they have this old building where they have brought in a bunch of, you know, young and old people, it doesn't matter age, but uh, progressive people who have technology businesses. And uh, one of the things that they have conveyed to us is that they're having a hard time getting work done because the speeds are so bad. And so this is an example where we say, well, you know, we're going to be going to a rec center right down the street. We're going to, why don't we just take fiber into your building? And then the carriers, it's like a carrier hotel, you can choose what carrier you want. I don't care. I'm not trying to influence the business. I'm just trying to influence the speed and influence the productivity. And so uh, so in the next couple of weeks, uh, we'll be building right into that infrastructure. And, uh, you know, the speeds will be ten times what they are today. Uh, the carriers will be happy because they'll still have revenue, and the mm-hmm. people in the building. So those are the kinds of things that we've uh, we've been trying to do, been working on, that have uh, been a result of us having this infrastructure in place. Mm-hmm. Now it's interesting when you talked about the um, you know the uh, grant that enabled you to get fiber to the different um, traffic lights. I'm working on mm-hmm. a report that's basically saying um, if you do the right needs analysis and you ask the right questions, you can uncover different funding sources that you really hadn't thought about if you go into mm-hmm. things that the only way we can build this network is if we pass a bond and what happens if we, you know, get a uh, a loan and whatnot. It's like they, they limit themselves coming in mm-hmm. or, you know, how they're going to pay for this. But I said, well, there are communities that um, because of the need they've identified, they've looked around and found a entity that can pay for that mm-hmm. or part of it or whatever, and yep. that needs to be the way to go because there's probably more money than people even imagine yep. if they would change from, well, we only got three options and only that's it and end story, yes. to, yes. you know what, let's look at the needs, yes. what will happen if we meet that need, and who has a vested interest in communities meeting those needs, and then you marry that entity with your community, and you may not pay for the entire network, but you could pay a part of it. Like in your case, you know, you got 200, or, um, you know, a bunch of money that the city has to put in the mix but you also have other money that then makes it possible that you now put fiber on every um, uh, traffic light. Yes. Yeah, you're exactly right. It goes back to the earlier point of if had we not communicated with the departments about what are they doing as relate to fiber because most of them don't think about it, right? I mean, you're not thinking about fiber, but when you start thinking about traffic lights and upgrading, that's was the upgrade, fiber. And so... We thought, well, we could spend another, I think the number was 750 to go uh-huh. to every traffic light, every traffic light. And, uh, you know, if we had done that outside the grant, oh, my gosh, it'd probably been 10 times that, uh, you know, at least five to 10 times that amount of money. And, you know, now that, you know, we've been able to piggyback on that for, you know, three-quarters of a million dollars, uh, the value we're going to receive out of it, I, I mean, I can't even imagine it. When you think about going through every traffic signal, I mean, we're, we're, you know, people don't know, we're like the 15th largest city in the nation, uh, you know, and so we, 800,000 people here, 1.2 uh-huh. million in the county. You know, we've got uh, 200 plus square miles uh, of Columbus. So you're talking about a lot of fiber. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, as you have said in the past, I mean, I, I don't really know all the things that are going to happen with this network, but I, because I'm not that smart, I just know there are things that are going to happen that I can't even imagine are going to happen as a result of this. Right. And as Chattanooga figured out, um, once you create this sort of this grid of infra- infrastructure for them, it was for their um, public utility. For you guys, it was the the light yep. system. Um, once you pull that grid, put that grid in put the place, then you have an easier time adding to it so that, you know, like when in Chattanooga, the thing was like, okay, now we put this thing everywhere so it facilitates our electric utility business, then yep. 
it's easy then to bring um, uh, fiber to the homes. Whereas yes. if you've been trying to do it from the other way um, of of trying to fund it, and, and, and you know, Chattanooga is a fairly large city, you know, they, it would have been really, really difficult to address the high fiber to the home part. But yes. then by building the infrastructure they need to do anyway, then all of a sudden then you can touch out to the different uh constituencies at that point. And I gather that's what that that's the thinking, long term thinking for Columbus, because if you've got a you know, if you got fiber to every traffic uh light in the city, then mm-hmm. you're right next door to the homes and the yes. delis and and, and whatever yes. else, whoever the customers yes. might be. Which also, yes, I would assume that your um, your entities, you know, the smaller entities, you can tell them, say, what you know, here's a market for uh, for you. We're not telling mm-hmm. you have to do it or not do it, but you know, it makes it easier if I walk in and say, here are these ways that we can, you know, bring you customers uh, is is better or easier than to say. You know what? Um, we want you to come in here and 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 make the market and develop it and this that and so forth. In this play way, you're able to provide the the makings of a market without actually yes. having to be in the marketing business for broadband. Yes. No, you're absolutely right. Um, and that's that's exactly how it's worked out. I mean, we and you know the other beauty about going to traffic lights is their power. You know, that's one of the other issues you run into when you start working with fiber and, you know, how you Wi-Fi up and some other things. So, yeah, you know, we've uh, we've been able to, uh, how to support, I guess, a market and and actually uh, more to even support, probably like create <laughs> a market because of uh, the fact that we have assets that, are useful and could be revenue generating for a private sector as well as our organization. Mm-hmm. Interesting indeed. Um, so now let me uh, touch on something that, I, that you mentioned earlier, which is the digital inclusion part. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. in the world of you know business and finance and free market and all this other kind of stuff, when we have a resource and the resource costs money. Yes. You well, by default are gonna have some X number of people who are not going to be able to afford that resource. And then Correct. you will have a desire by part of the community to address that served unserved market. But you mm-hmm. have the reality of the stuff costs money and yes. big Companies don't want to, you know, that's that's a that's a loss to them. That's not making a profit for them. Mm-hmm. How do you reconcile, you know, the 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 need versus the cost, and what are we going to do to get more people to take it into account that they need to be doing this? Because I think, you know, there's a certain number of communities that understand the digital uh, inclusion part, and they go after it. But then there are others, I think, that just say, well, it's, you know, it's Darwinism. How do you guys um the former versus the latter? Yeah, yeah. That's a good question. And it, it's, you know, it's ongoing. I mean, you know, we, we one of the things we've done is um, identified uh, areas of our city where we have Carriers, and we, you know, like I indicated earlier, I mean, we we have three major carriers here, and so it's not a matter of uh, them not being in those areas. What it is a matter of is though that in some areas, the cost is uh, cost prohibitive. Right. So what we said is that yes, for them. And so what we said, well, instead of you know leasing infrastructure from somewhere else or the higher price, whatever the case may be, what if we provide the infrastructure? And all you do is provide the service. Uh, and so now, in lieu of that, then if you if we go this model, then what you need to do is you know lower your prices because you still have a profit margin, right? 
Mm-hmm. It should be less if you have to pay less. I mean, you're not paying as much as you were before for infrastructure, so it should be less. And then the goal of all this is to say, you know, in any great city, any great country, any great, uh, you know, society, civilization, education is the foundation. And, you know, when you have a community or you have a, a, a city or anything where the number one goal is to have kids who are ready for the next jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, have economic development come to your city because they need those kids to fill those jobs, right? And so mm-hmm. you can't have a situation where one kid goes home at night and he's on the Internet all night and, you know, can download a, you know, two-hour movie in 20 seconds. Another kid goes home at night and can't download the movie to the next morning, right? You know, we mm-hmm. have to have an even playing field. And the goal is not to, you know, kind of pit one against. The goal is to have a, a city that thrives because everyone's thriving. And if everyone thrives, we're all doing well. We all do great. And then we look at those other things, you know, it becomes safer, hopefully. You know, we have more economic development. We have better educated people who get better jobs. Companies want to move here. And so that's kind of been our premise for us getting involved in that part of the broadband movement uh, in terms mm-hmm. of and We see that as something that we can influence. We don't want to have to be the ones that charge. I mean, I, I don't think that's our role, but I don't know, Craig, because, I, I, you know, I, we have a goal, and we have to meet that goal. So I uh, I would hope it would be the way I described it, that we work as partners, um, and that's what we've talked about, and we haven't gotten anywhere to talk about us against them. So that that's kind of where we're working, we're working towards. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes that makes a lot of sense. You know, I I will read art, like articles about Lifeline or um, digital inclusion and so forth. And you have in the you know the comments section of these different articles, um, you know, some of the worst, the most incredibly hate-filled rants about poor people and minorities and this and that and the other kind of thing. And I always feel like you know, the people that are pushing, you know, digital inclusion and creating a level playing field for everyone has this, like, constant um, force working against them that they have to work around. And, I mean, what what kind of advice you would give to the people that say, you know, here's here's a way to try to, to counter that force? Wow. Well, <laughs> I would say, obviously, again, going back to my earlier comments, that you have to have conversations with the people who can make decisions and have an impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to have support uh, from not only those individuals, but the individuals that are in government, namely the mayor, because, you know, people listen to the mayors. Uh, and you have to have a reason why you do it. Again, I, I mean, this is not... Uh, for me, this is not for the person next to me. This is to make the whole city better. And if the whole city is better, we all we all enjoy and thrive uh, in that type of environment. And so, uh, at the end of the day, uh, this what we're talking about when you're talking about digital inclusion is nothing more than just saying, "Hey, let's how do we all be great? How do we let's make this playing field even?" Because then, when it's all said and done. Uh, you know, the sum is what's that saying? The, the will's no better than the sum of parts or whatever the saying is. Oh, yeah, but I know what you mean. You, yeah, you get the gist of what I'm saying. I mean, so, mm-hmm. uh, and then the other thing, I guess, is you, you have to you have to stick to your guns. I, I think that you're right. There are some people who will, you know, throw out words like, you know, um, you know, why are we subsidizing and things like that and, you know, all those buzzwords. <laughs> But right. at the end of the day, end of the day, I mean, it's it's colorblind. It's not white, black. You know, rural is, you know, one of those areas that uh, needs as much attention as any other area in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, the goal is to make us great, which makes the state great, world great, United States great. So, I think it's uh, and I, and I think the other thing that that you'll see and are beginning to see is that 
as the younger people begin to move into these positions and, and uh, they have a very different mindset of some of the others who, uh, who were their predecessors. Mm-hmm. Well, that's probably good. That's probably very good. So, so to wrap this up, um, we've only got a couple more minutes left, but in maybe two, three minutes, what what would, what do you think are um, two or three of the original departments that dumped on board this brand, this broadband bandwagon from the get go? Public safety, um, public utilities. Huh. Okay. And economic development, public service would be the main ones. Okay. Now, is that a, an agency or a department that deals Those with all department. Yeah, we have a, a development department. We have a public service department. We have a public safety department, which includes police and fire. Uh-huh. And then we have a utility, utilities department, which we have uh, part of our utilities actually runs electric uh, in some areas as well as the, the water system. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got gotcha. By the way, there's, there's, there is one question I do want to hit. I want to hit earlier. But... Um, with the prevalence of video, and you guys are really putting some serious, uh, you know, uh, video stuff out there, does that make both our police and citizens better or better protected uh, more than, say, just the, the body cameras, which is like the topic of the, the, the just uh, right now? But um, does this sort of a combination of the that the the, the cams plus the, the videos and so forth does it create a better environment for both police and the citizens? Yes, without a doubt. Um, I mean, case in point, and I mean it's all over the news today and has been for the past couple of days. An unfortunate incident that occurred in Cincinnati, uh, where uh, an individual was uh, was killed, and as a result of a traffic stop and, and uh you know that situation um uh, showed that there probably was some unnecessary force. Uh there have been other situations uh like that and then in a situation where when you have that video it shows that the uh alleged perpetrator was uh, out of hand and um you know so you know, it, it's uh it for us it's probably, you know, uh we look at it as a necessary evil <laughs> because mm-hmm. obviously you have the more storage you have, and you know storage is becoming negligible. But you still have to pay for it. You have to put it somewhere. It still costs money. But, right. Uh, it 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 definitely is um, one of those things that uh, is necessary. We're we're looking right right now, real briefly, at uh, uh, a, a device. Uh, you know, some people would call it a kiosk. It's not really a kiosk, but it's a it's like a kiosk. It's a giant. Uh, a 14-foot device that uh, acts as a wayfinder and, you know, acts as a, a, a Wi-Fi hotspot, uh, advertising, I mean, so on and so forth. I mean, that's kind of the future. Uh, there are a couple of guys who uh, developed this, one from Google, one from Microsoft, got together. And, and so this is some of the, one of the things being rolled out in the city. You see it in New York, right, mm-hmm. uh, where we place home booths with that sort of device. So... Um, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. It's 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 necessary. Uh, we believe that at the end of the day, that um, um, it makes the community safer. Uh, I think you have a lot more confidence in uh, people in your community, whether they're residents or police officers. And you know, it's it's just one of those things that uh, you have to do. And with that, I'm going to have to wrap it. Um, Awesome. I appreciate the fact that you made time. Um, again, thanks. Uh, congratulations for winning your great award. And uh, I wish you all the best with all of these projects that are going on. And you know, you'll probably be on the show again <laughs> because hey. it's always good to talk about you know what you're doing and stuff. So I, I appreciate it very much. Well, Craig, I'll you know always have time for you. And uh, all right, keep doing that'll it. work. That'll work. Keep doing what keep doing what you're doing because you you know you're you're doing great work and we we need that and uh, so I appreciate you and hope you uh, hope you get better. No worries, thank you much. And to our okay. audience, thank you very much for uh, stopping in. Uh, we'll do we have the FCC on tap for next week, 
So be watching out for that one. I'll talk to you a little bit. Thank you, and have a great day. Okay, take care, Craig. All right. All right, bye. Bye.